From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. When emergencies happen, we expect timely and streamlined assistance. Today, we're going to take a little bit of a look behind the scenes of one of the people involved in planning for emergencies. With me in the studio is Upstate's Kelsey Wagner. She's the program coordinator for the Central New York Regional Training Center. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So there are many different types of emergencies. Um, I'm thinking natural disasters caused by weather, um, car crashes involving multiple cars, disease outbreaks. What do you focus on at the Central New York Regional Training Center? Um, At the Central New York Regional Training Center, our focus is, of course, on the Central New York region as a whole, um, which is comprised of 14 different counties. We stretch from the Canadian border to the Pennsylvania border. Um, So it's a very large and very diverse region. So with our um, training coordination, we really try to focus on the assessed needs of our region, um, which are uh, put together every year and tracked every year by our um, regional New York State Department of Health office. So we really try to base things on that and also on um, just, I don't want to say word of mouth, but being out in the community, being out in our quarterly um, regional meetings, you really get a good feel for Um, what the, we call them HEPIC partners, which I'll explain more about later, um, feel the region needs. So you may, I mean, there is great diversity from rural, very rural to Mm -hmm. more urban and everything in between. Um, What are the needs in this vast region for, in terms of emergency planning? We can all think about weather because all of that, the region gets weather. Mm -hmm. Um, What are some other things that have been identified? Right now, a huge focus for us is um, the Stop the Bleed initiative. And Stop the Bleed is a course that focuses on bleeding control, uh, specifically for mass fatality instance, you know, active shooter, things of that nature. Um, Obviously, with things going on, not even just obviously in this region, but in the world as a whole right now, that's really a huge focus for us. Um, Here at this facility, we coordinate with Upstate Trauma. They provide the training, and we, you know, provide some of the resources for that. Another big focus this year is emergency planning for inclusive communities, particularly in rural environments, and that focuses on emergency planning for people with um, diverse and special needs and how we can plan um, to best help them in an emergency situation, particularly in rural and very urban environments because both pose very unique challenges. What do you mean by inclusive communities? Um, Inclusive communities just means um, that we really want to focus on providing the best care and resources in emergency situation for people of all walks of life, people of different economic and social okay. stations, people with different physical or mental needs, um, intellectual So no one gets left yeah, out. From, exactly. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. So how do they, how do they go about deciding what the needs are? Is it just sort of being in touch with what's going on um, nationally? And what could become a threat? or that, That's definitely a huge part of it. And I feel like a lot of the requests for specific courses or topics that we get um, are from people, you know, just seeing what's going on in the world and feeling that this region needs to be prepared for these events. Um, but I think a lot of it really does come from um, more just what our region needs in general. I know, like, based on... Um, conversations with the other RTCs in the state, because there are three other RTCs. Um, While there are a lot of needs that kind of universally carry over, 
despite region, uh, there are some who are there are some needs who are that are very unique to our region as well. Specific. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned there. Okay, there's four um, regional training centers. How did how did Central New York Regional Training Center get its start? It's kind of a long story. Okay. But um, in 2012, the federal guidance required states to develop healthcare coalitions. So the New York State Department of Health Office of Health Emergency Preparedness, which we refer to as OHEP, um, introduced a revised structure reducing the eight, they were called regional resource centers, to four coalition areas. And the four coalition areas are what we refer to as HEPICs, which stands for Health Emergency Preparedness Coalitions. Each coalition is led by the New York State Department of Health Regional Office Director for that region. Um, and the core fo- a little more background on the HEPICs. The core focus of the HEPICs is on integrating and coordinating emergency support functions and activities as they apply specifically to healthcare and public health emergency planning and response, not just like generalized, but we more focus on healthcare response and public health. And um, each HEPIC has a regional training center. Okay. Um, so there's one University of Rochester Medical Center hosts the Finger Lakes and Western region. Albany Medical Center hosts the Capital District RTC. Uh, Stony Brook University Hospital hosts the Metropolitan Area Region. We call it Marrow RTC. And then in 2017, SUNY Upstate uh, was selected to have the Regional Training Center for the Central New York Epic Region. Here at Upstate? Here at Upstate. In Syracuse? Yep. Okay. And basically our role, we're a totally grant-funded entity. And at the RTC, we're tasked with identifying, coordinating, Developing, um, delivering, and evaluating emergency preparedness training for members of the HEPIC. Um, and members of the HEPIC include hospitals, uh, county agencies, long-term cares, home care agencies, and um, other healthcare entities within the region. Okay. You're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, and I'm talking with Kelsey Wagner. She's the program coordinator for the Central New York Regional Training Center, and she's located here at Upstate. Now, these organizations, the um, Health Emergency Preparedness Coalitions, or the CNY, or the RTCs across the state, how do these work uh, together to improve the preparedness in Central New York? Um, We definitely... All the RTCs and HEPIC members, we act as major resources for one another, um, and it it helps to really facilitate an open discussion between HEPIC partners, between RTCs, regarding the unique needs of each region and the state as a whole, as well as the subregions that make up, like the Central New York region or the Finger Lakes region. Um, for RTCs in general, I think we really assist and facilitate these partnerships uh, through the coordination of training initiatives based on the assessed regional needs. And um, we're able through the grant to provide financial support for scholarships, for training equipment, and expenses associated with courses, which is huge. Um, just this last grant year, we were able to purchase eFinds scanners. eFinds is um, essentially a tracking initiative, would be the easiest way to describe it, when um, large facilities are forced to evacuate, like say upstate had to evacuate in order to track patients. Um, a bracelet is tra- placed on the patient and their information is entered into the computer to match up with that barcode. It's scanned when they leave here and it's scanned when they arrive at a facility so that um, people can locate family members, people can locate patients and someone isn't lost in the chaos. Um, but we are able to purchase scanners for facilities in the region. I mean, they were 
very, very large facilities that had one scanner for the whole facility. Um, so it was just nice to be able to um, take a major training initiative, provide the course, and then be able to provide more equipment. So e-find scanners, I have not heard of that before. Yeah, um, outside of emergency planning and preparedness, I really have not stumbled across a lot of people that have heard of it. I certainly had it. And it became mandated after Hurricane Sandy because there were, unfortunately, a lot of um, nursing home patients or residents that they weren't sure where they went to because it was so chaotic. And with the evacuation, people just went wherever could take them. Sure. Um, so that was something that the governor mandated following Sandy, and this was the program that came out of that mandate. So it would be used in the event of an evacuation would mm -hmm. be the only reason you would need to yeah, put it in place? Yeah, it's basically just a, a tracking tool um, for facilities. There's not really any other um, uses for it besides in like a large or even a small-scale evacuation. Um, well, you mentioned emergency preparedness training. Now, is that, are the training... Um, is the training offered to doctors and nurses and medical professionals, or does some of the training go to the community at large? Uh, we have a mix um, of courses that focus on um, professionals and lay people of all different levels. Um, certain classes that we help facilitate, like um, advanced burn life support, ABLS is a class for medical providers. Um, a lot of the trauma-focused courses that we help facilitate and coordinate are specifically focused on healthcare professionals, you know, RNs, PAs, MDs. Um, but then we also have courses that are open to all members of the community, like Stop the Bleed, um, and really are geared towards people of any educational level. So I wanted to ask you about the four different um, regional training centers. If something um, bad happened in, like, Buffalo, would the Syracuse Regional Training Center get tapped to help out? or? Um, as a, a whole, the RTCs function more as a resource for um, training for, like, non-emergent incidents, per se. Um, so I think if an incident happened at that level, they would be more looking for federal and state intervention rather than assistance oh, from another okay. RTC. Well, let me ask you about the uh, Health Emergency Preparedness Coalition and what it's working on toward the future. Do you have some ideas of some things that are coming? Uh, right now, really big initiatives for the CNY HAPIC involve um, cybersecurity due to recent incidences in the last few years with small rural hospitals that have experienced ransomware and different cyber attacks. Um, active shooter is obviously always a huge initiative for us. Um, and that ties into obviously the stop the bleed training, which is kind of a newer initiative as well as, um, the upcoming trauma reach conference and, um, trauma reach stands for rural EMS and community hospitals. And it's in coordination with Buffalo and Buffalo trauma and strong memorial trauma. And that's just a conference we have each May. Um, to kind of get trauma management teams together and discuss current issues um, and continue training there. And then we are really trying to extend um, a lot of our training to long-term cares. Um, I feel like, like in the past. nursing homes? Yes. Yep. Oh. Nursing homes or adult care facilities, uh, things of that nature, particularly for like e-fines training. Um, in the past, they've been sort of out of the loop of course, like through no fault of their own, um, but we're just trying to bring them more into the planning atmosphere. 
That makes sense. Well, you and I are speaking in late fall, early winter-ish, so um, I can't let you go without asking for some advice about winter preparedness. Um, can you can you tell us what we need to do to keep our cars ready for safe travel in the winter? Um, I think the most important thing is to always bring, you know, warm clothing, an extra blanket in the car. It doesn't take t- much time to throw one in the trunk. and that Just can be, keep one in the trunk. Yeah, just very important. Um, of course, to always drive in safe conditions. You know, there's no place where you need to go that's that important, where if the weather's truly terrible, just stay off the road. Um, always have a shovel. And if you can get a road safety kit that can, most of them don't contain flares, but they can at least contain um, reflective devices to set out to indicate that you're on the side of the road. Um, A first aid kit. I carry, I call it a go bag in my car that has um, a change of clothing for the next day because I work, my commute's very long, so I have a change of professional clothing in case it's just too snowy to make it home. Um, And just pretty much... Well, and people, most people have cell phones these days too, Um, but I'm remembering a few years back where there were a lot of people on the thruway that got Mm -hmm. caught in a snowstorm and ended up being on the thruway for hours stranded. So the cell phone really didn't help that much. It didn't. And that's why it's really important to have the resources to be self-sufficient for, you know, the time being when you're stuck or if you find someone else that's stuck, being able to help them is huge and this is just like a personal experience for me one thing my dad always pushed was having something in your car that can give you traction if you need it um i always carry kitty kitty litter litter. in my car during the winter just the little things that can make things um easier in the winter and make a big difference between just being kind of cold on the side of the road and having a real emergency well keeping water in the car except that it would freeze Freeze. but maybe it's still good to have because it would you could it somehow maybe if you needed to but um snacks um energy bars yeah snacks would be good if you can throw energy bars in your go bag um i know with water bottled water you do have to change it out every once in a while um it's not great to have it sitting around but of course in an emergency something it's something for (laughs) sure um and then there's a lot of resources on the new york state office of emergency management website regarding uh winter and severe weather preparations um family planning kits, things of that nature. So if anybody wants to check that out, they are. So this might be a good time of year to just sort of get organized. Yeah, to get organized in general and have your evacuation plan as a family, all the critical plans that people don't really think of, but they become very important very quickly. So the New York State Office of Emergency Management website, and we can put a link to that on our healthlinkonair.org website as well. Yep. Um, We also have the CNYRTC website. Um, if you Google just CNYRTC, it'll come up, or there's a link to it on the Upstate page. And we have a lot of different resources regarding all types of emergency preparedness and emergency planning. So it's all on there as well. Well, good to know. My guest has been Kelsey Wagner. She's the program coordinator for the Central New York Regional Training Center. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.